certain point, Travis Scott became an icon. Maybe it was after the release of his third studio album, Astral World, released on August 3rd, 2018, to widespread critical acclaim according to Metacritic, an album which on the back of the Drake featured record Sickle Mode cemented Travis Scott as not only one of the most successful, but one of the most artistically significant artists of his generation and arguably the king of the auto-tuned mumble rap era. Or maybe it was when Nike and Jordan Brand dropped the Travis Scott Jordan 1 high in a mocha colorway nine months later in May of 2019. A sneaker that, like Astroworld, was released to widespread critical acclaim and began a fervor for Travis Scott-branded Jordans that would ensure an aftermarket price tag of thousands per pair and fever pitch hype that has yet to die down four years and eight sneakers later. And there were significant things about that sneaker that contributed not only to the hype of the shoe itself, but to the man whose cactus jack smiley faces graced its upper. First, the shoe is brown. It may be hard to believe now what with the mocha-covered sneakers so much the rage that dressing anything in that coffee colorway is an almost foolproof way to ensure a sellout, but people weren't really into brown sneakers in 2019. Scott said that the color inspiration came from memories of the backyard of his childhood home growing up in Houston, Texas. But whatever the story behind it, it worked. Earth tones became all the rage and any sneaker that wore brown and white on its upper was Travis Scott vibes and, as I said, sold out almost instantly. That started with this sneaker. The other significant thing about the first Travis Scott high was the swoosh. It's a ubiquitous design element now, but when that first oversized backwards-facing swoosh was seen on a Jordan 1, it was a little jarring. Nike is super protective and super sensitive about how collaborators interact with their logo, a global icon of branding and mark of cultural currency and sport-related excellence. So for them to let Travis pull the swoosh off, turn it around, stretch it out, and slap it back on haphazardly, it was not only a sign of artistic respect from the sportswear giant to the rap superstar, but an unclenching of Nike's butt cheeks when it came to how they let collaborators interact with their legacy. The proof of this is that in the years since the sneaker dropped, collaborators have been allowed to cut, stitch, bend, flip, remove, replace, enlarge, or minimize the exalted checkmark in a variety of ways, materials, and artistic expressions. And while Nike has never explicitly stated as much, many people believe that that started, or at least was popularized by, the Travis Scott Jordan 1 High in Mocha Brown. One thing people with only a passing interest in sneakers designed by Travis Scott believe is that his first Jordan 1 was his very first sneaker. But not only was it not his first sneaker, it wasn't even his first Jordan. The very first time Travis Scott put his fingerprint on a pair of shoes was his forgotten capsule with luxury fashion imprint helmet Lang. Along with different apparel items, Scott and Lang released a high and low top sneaker called simply the Helmet Lang Travis Scott. It's a forgotten Forgettable collaboration and their forgettable shoes. All black with leather straps and a bull's head on the tongue. They look more like bondage gear than sneakers anyone would actually wear out in public. That capsule came out in 2017, the year Travis released his collaborative album with the Migos' Quavo called Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho. Also in 2017, Travis hooked up with the Jordan brand for the first time on a very weird and in my opinion ugly tech forward runner called the Jordan Trunner LX. 
The sneaker was never officially released and was made in limited pairs for Scott's friends and family. Scott's first official collab to be released to the public was on my favorite Jordan silhouette, the Air Jordan 4. The J4 Travis Scott Cactus Jack was released on June 9, 2018 and featured an upper of buttery soft powder blue suede in tribute to the now defunct Houston Oilers NFL club whose red, white, and powder blue team colors can all be found on this first Jordan release with Scott. Interestingly, the Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee where they became the Tennessee Titans in 1996 when Scott was just five years old. So obviously his tribute to the team can't be tied to personal memories he has of watching the club growing up, but Scott has spent his career paying tribute to fallen Houston landmarks. The aforementioned Astroworld album he released in 2018 is named after and features album art inspired by the Astroworld Six Flags theme park, which operated in Houston from 1968 until 2005 when it closed due to waning attendance and general disinterest from Houstonians. Unfortunately, the park closed 13 years too early. If Travis Scott's Astroworld had been made while the park was still in existence, you can bet your bottom dollar it would have been bustling with tourists and locals wearing Travis Scott Jordans on their feet, riding the Texas Cyclone while Sicko Mode plays over the park's speaker system 25 times a day. Going a step further, while he toured the world behind the album, Travis incorporated the theme park into his live show up to and including building a functional roller coaster inside the arenas he played night after night. In November of 2018, Travis held the first Astral World Festival near where the theme park used to sit. Along with Travis, other performers at the inaugural festival included Lil Wayne, Post Malone, Ray Strummer, Young Thug, Gunna, Metro Boomin, and Trippy Red. Astral World was intended to be a recurring annual festival, but was canceled in 2020 due to the COVID pandemic and in 2021 was cut short when a crowd crush happened while Travis was performing his set, which included a surprise guest performance from Drake, resulting in the deaths of 10 people. The second night of the festival was canceled and I would be very surprised if the festival comes back anytime soon or at all. This tragedy had a detrimental effect on Travis's career for a period of time, not only in music, but in footwear as well. Several Travis Scott sneaker releases were put on hold, including a set of Nike Air Max 1s and the reverse mocha colorway of the Air Jordan 1 Low. Because while Travis wasn't directly responsible for the deaths of the concert goers, he had been in trouble in the past and had even been arrested for encouraging unsafe antics from his fans at his shows. So for about a year, the idea of marketing or buying a pair of Travis Scott branded sneakers was awkward at the very least, if not downright insensitive and inappropriate. But while the Astroworld tragedy was a wake-up call about the safety of open-air venues for festivals and concerts, it also highlighted an aspect of Travis Scott as an artist and celebrity that can help explain why it is that every one of his Air Jordan collabs sell for well over $1,000 a pop on the resale market despite only modest changes to the design, usually in the form of color blocking and material quality. And that is that, to his fans, Travis Scott has become more than a rapper or a footwear icon. He has risen to a level of divinity. He has a personality and a brand that supersedes his own body of work. Obviously, the music is the thing that has gotten us here. There is an otherworldly hypnotic pull in the splashy cinematic production of his songs and the raspy electronic vibrations in his voice and delivery that add up to a haunting ethereal soundscape 
that the listener floats through more than listens to. Songs like R.I.P. Screw, Outside, and the mega hit Highest in the Room all sound like they're being listened to underwater. All of this adds up to a devotion that, when paired with the biggest name in sneaker history, who just also happens to be the greatest basketball player ever, equals an unparalleled, if not unexpected, level of hype and anticipation for anything and everything sneaker-related that Travis Scott puts his brand on. It's unsurprising then, with all of that being said, that the most expensive and one of the most celebrated Travis Scott Jordans was a collaboration which also included venerated Japanese design maestro Hiroshi Fujiwara and his Fragment design label. The Air Jordan 1 High Fragment Travis Scott was released on July 21st, 2021 and had that same design as the Mocha High Pair from 2018, But this time, instead of being covered in buttery brown suede, the shoes were covered in buttery super soft white and blue leather with black hits on the collar and black swooshes on the sides of the shoes, including the famous oversized backward swoosh, which by now had become Scott's trademark on Nike-related products. Fragment's contribution to the shoe was the color of blue used and Fragment's lightning logo embossed on the back heel in place of the Cactus Jack smiley face from last time. And just like the Mocha Highs got a low-cut version soon afterwards, featuring reversed color blocking, the Travis Scott Fragment Highs were released in a low version a month later, in the same colors but this time with a white swoosh and black tip and mudguard. And while the low-cut versions of these Jordan 1s are slightly cheaper than their high-cut originators, they're just as celebrated and arguably more wearable, especially in the warmer months. My favorite Travis Scott sneaker of all time is this low-cut version of the Fragment collab. I think is a masterpiece of color blocking and execution of all four brands involved in the sneaker. The low-cut versions of the Jordan 1s were so popular, in fact, that this fragment release was the last Travis Scott Jordan released in a high-cut version. The aforementioned Travis Scott Jordan 1 Low Reverse Mocha was released in July of 2022, a black phantom version with an all-black upper and contrast white stitching, was released in December of that year, and a woman's-only colorway of the Jordan 1 Low featuring a black and white upper with olive-colored swooshes and outsole was released in April of this year. Rumor has it that this will be the last Travis Scott Jordan 1 collaboration to release to the public. Outside of the Jordan 1s and the Jordan 4 that pay tribute to the Oilers, Scott has also collaborated on two Jordan 6s, one in dark olive and one in a light brown long-haired suede called British khaki. Both of those shoes feature elements that speak to Scott's love of military-inspired fashion, something Virgil Abloh also incorporated into designs of his off-white Air Jordan 5 releases. On the 6s, Scott added stash pockets onto the sides of the shoes, something he had begun with the original Air Jordan 1 High, wherein the back heel of the sock liner featured a Velcro strip that could be pulled back to reveal a secret compartment within. On the 6s, the pockets are not secret in any way and are obviously inspired by the pockets on cargo pants or utility belts worn in the military. Both versions of the shoe also feature glow-in-the-dark outsoles and Cactus Jack branding throughout. The only other Jordan model Travis got to tinker with was back in 2019 when he, very oddly, did a version of the much-beligned Air Jordan 33, a model originally released in 2018 which has had trouble selling since its debut. Travis's 33 features that military olive color he would keep coming back to throughout his sneaker career, as well as the straps, pull cords, and oversized tongue that feature on all of the 33s. 
There's very little Travis Scott branding on the shoe, and unless you're a particular fan of the colorway or the model, there's really no reason for Travis Scott fans to add the sneaker to their collection. Although it can be had for relatively cheap, especially for a Travis Scott-related sneaker, which is good news for completists. And that's about it for Jordans. 11 sneakers in all. 11 released to the public, anyway. Travis has had an impressive catalog of unreleased and friends and family only editions of his Jordan sneakers, which we'll touch on a bit later. But aside from the Jordan 33, if you want any of these pairs of sneakers we've talked about on this pod thus far, in and around my size anyway, size 10, you're looking at $1,000 or more per pair, which is a good indication of how successful this collaboration has been for all sides. But while Travis Scott and Jordan Brand have had a fruitful relationship creating a culture of hype beasts around a familiar formula repeated ad nauseum with slight color variations, he was also collaborating with the non-Jordan department of Nike Incorporated. In fact, while it may be hard to believe now what with the shoes going for upwards of $1,000 a pair in today's resale market, Scott's first Nike wasn't the biggest draw of that weekend's drop schedule. It wasn't even the biggest Air Force One of that drop. The drop of which I'm referring was Nike's 35th anniversary celebration of the Air Force One, which they called the AF-100, and which initially took place at Complex Con on November 4th, 2017. For the event, Nike asked five influencers from different corners of pop cultural landscape to create their very own Air Force One in a way that simultaneously expressed their personal design ethos while paying tribute to the history of one of the world's most beloved shoes. Travis Scott was one of those influencers, along with Don C., owner and operator of Design House Just Don and former manager of Kanye West. Dawn contributed an all-white Air Force One high, which featured faux animal skin straps and swooshes and hits of gold throughout. Errolson Hugh of German clothing company Acronym designed a Nike Lunar Force One, complete with a full-length entry zipper on the lateral side. Kareem Biggs-Burke, co-founder of Jay-Z's Rockefeller Records, decided for his design to resurrect one of the rarest and most valuable Air Forces in history in the AF-1 Rockefeller which is an all-white version with buttersoft, luxurious leather rather than the hard, plasticky leather that usually accompanies forces. The shoes also feature the Rockefeller Records logo stitched on the heel, the tongue, and the insole. Back in 2004, Nike made a small handful of the shoes for Jay-Z and his roster of rappers who were on the label at that time. Biggs bringing back one of sneakers' rarest grails for public consumption was a big deal to OG sneakerheads the world over. Off-White's late maestro of design and direction, Virgil Abloh, was also tapped for the project. Again, rather than a brand new design, Abloh presented an all-white version of his Air Force One Off-Whites, which were dressed in all-white with off-white branding and a silver swoosh and available exclusively at ComplexCon. They are now some of the most expensive off-white sneakers you can buy. And then there was Travis's contribution. Like Avlo, he gave his forces a silver swoosh, but Scott's swoosh was removable and came with a card of several other Velcro-backed swooshes so that the owner of the shoes could dress them up as they saw fit. The forces were white, like the other four AF100 shoes, but Scott's were finished in canvas rather than leather and featured panel stripes, which changed colors in the light. They also featured a gum bottom, lace dubrays fashioned to look like Travis's mouth grills, and removable cactus jack patches on the laces themselves. Oh, and the Nike Air on the back heel was flipped upside down. 
Like I said, Travis's shoes weren't the bell of the ball. That distinction definitely belonged to Abloh's off-white pair. And again, OGs were more excited about the return of the Rockefellers, a piece of history from arguably the greatest rap artist of all time. These new, very loud forces from the king of new school mumble rap weren't moving the needle for these old heads. But the shoes were quite limited and sold out quickly. They actually returned almost a year later in a sale version, which got a wider release and dropped a week after the Astroworld album. The sale version, despite being the more popular color choice of the two, actually go for several hundred dollars less than the AF100 ones do on the resale market, likely owing to the white pair's more limited number. Travis would return to the Air Force One in 2019, while Travis Scott mania both in music and in sneakers was in full swing. This time he made an Air Force which was much more distinctly his. Instead of an all-white upper, these shoes were covered in a quilt-like patchwork pattern featuring hits of camouflage, corduroy, duck canvas, flannel, leather, suede, and wool. The shoes also featured a detachable lace cover with a fat brass zipper in the middle. Much, much louder and more expressive than his last forces, these shoes acted as a sort of prelude to one of Travis's most acclaimed sneaker releases in the Nike SB Dunk Low Travis Scott, which dropped in February of 2020, about a month before the world stopped. Nike's SB Dunks made a heavy comeback in the 20-teens and early 2020s. High heat collaborations and inline colorways alike sold like hotcakes and became impossible to get your hands on for retail just a few short years after a time when dunks would sit on shelves and collect dust for lack of interest. Some credit Travis himself for this resurgence in interest in Nike's eponymous skate sneaker. In the lead up to the reveal and release of Scott's SB, he was spotted far and wide in a whole host of dunks in everything from easily attainable GRs to super rare heat. It was dunk season for Travis Scott, which meant it was dunk season for popular culture. Scott's dunk, like his most recent AF1, featured a patchwork of design and material choices, including bandana-like paisley canvas and plaid flannel. They also featured rope-style laces and both black and pink swooshes. Plus, if you actually skated the shoes like you were supposed to, after one kickflip too many, the bandana material would rub off to reveal a cracked elephant print design underneath, completely changing the look of the shoe over time. It was one of the most hyped-up sneakers of 2020, a year that also included the Air Jordan 1 Dior collection, a heralded off-white Jordan 4, and another dunk collab in the form of Ben & Jerry's Chunky Dunkies. But while Travis's Jordan 1 collabs and Air Forces were rightly celebrated, Scott made his first conceivable misstep just a few months after the release of the SB Dunks. On May 29, 2020, he released the Nike Air Max 270 React in a colorway he and Nike called the Cactus Trails. The Air Max 270 was a successor to the Nike Vapor Max, a runner celebrated both for its design and its performance capabilities. The 270 was a lifestyle shoe, the first time Nike didn't design an Air Max sneaker specifically with running in mind. It was softly successful. The exaggerated air bubble in the heel gave the shoe a love it or hate it aesthetic, a point that was made more distinctly when Travis Scott released his version a couple of years later. In all honesty, the shoe is ugly now and it was ugly then. Meant to look like a sneaker that had been all over the trails and back, it has faux aging on the upper and especially on the midsole, which is an ugly shade of goldish brown that looks like the shoes were dipped in dog shit. The upper of the shoe is finished in nice materials and there's plenty of Cactus Jack branding throughout, 
but they just don't work all that well. And there are precious few pics of even Travis Scott sporting the shoes on his feet. His first crack at the Air Max line was a swing and a miss for most of us. The same can ostensibly be said for his second crack at the Air Max line on the much more classic and historically significant Air Max One, which Scott released three colors of in May of 2022. Some have blamed the lack of interest in these sneakers on their association with the Astroworld tragedy when their original release was pushed back three whole years, but if anything, I just think they're kind of boring and feature design cues, which by the time the shoes were released were played out on Travis Scott collabs. Shades of brown, faux aging, and backwards swooshes on the lateral sides of the sneakers, so well executed and so elegant on the Jordan sneakers, just don't work as well here, and some of the changes Scott made to the DNA of the Air Max 1, like blotting out the transparent air bubble in the heel and adding lace straps and cactus jack banners on the heels, added up to too much tinkering with a model so beloved for its original design all the way back in 1987. The shoes all still sell for above retail on the secondary market, but not by much and certainly nowhere near Scott's more celebrated Nike and Jordan collabs. Unfortunately for Travis, his partnership with Nike Silhouettes doesn't get any better from there. As if to dump all of Travis's delayed Nike models onto the public at once, also in May of 2022 appeared the Travis Scott Air Trainer 1 SP, this time in two separate colorways, wheat and haze gray. These shoes were met with the biggest yawn of Travis's sneaker-specific career. The Air Trainer 1 SP, a more tech-heavy version of the original Nike Air Trainer 1 from the 80s, is amongst Nike's least successful recent models. They're all pretty ugly, too loud, and too utility-driven. The oversized strap looks ridiculous, and they don't pair easily with any outfit you might have in your closet. Travis's are just as bad, with the only difference being oversized Cactus Jack branding on the heel and the strap, a silly canvas shroud covering with button snaps and a horribly out-of-place looking backwards swoosh on the medial side of the shoe. They just don't work, and both colorways are currently the only Travis Scott shoes you can find on the resale market for under retail. So Travis Scott isn't bulletproof after all, and he does have the capacity to make a shoe that even his most ardent worshippers more or less completely ignore. But those missteps do nothing to hurt the shoes of his that people do like, and if the olives are the last Travis Scott Jordan 1s will ever see, they won't be the last time Scott and Jordan both grace the face of a sneaker. Almost as talked about and hype-generating as the Travis Scott sneakers that have released to the public are the ones that haven't. For almost every model that Scott has collaborated on for both Nike and Jordan, friends and family-only editions have been seen on Scott's feet and the feet of those in his inner circle. The Jordan 4 in the Euler Blue that was released to the public, for example, also exists in an all-brown mocha version as well as two different purple editions. There's even a version that's exactly the same as the blue version, but with the OG Nike Air logo on the back of the heel instead of a Jumpman. All of these fours are extremely rare, and even if you do happen to track down a pair somewhere, you can expect to pay tens of thousands of dollars per. There also exists a limited number of TS Jordan 6s out there, this time in yellow, and a Jordan 1 high in a reverse mocha, not unlike the reverse mocha Jordan 1 low version that came out by itself in 2022. And 
a Nike SB Dunk sample that features the cracked elephant print wrapping around the sneaker instead of the paisley canvas. One of the more revered unreleased Travis Scott sneakers is another pair of Nike Dunks, but not of the SB variety. These were a collaboration between Scott, Nike, and PlayStation in anticipation of the worldwide release of the PlayStation 5. Those mythical dunks, of which there are apparently only 24 in total in existence, can go for anywhere between 10 to 30 grand a pop and feature Scott's backwards swoosh, the word Sony on the back tab, and a PlayStation logo stitched into the heel with PlayStation written in Japanese characters underneath. On the transparent outsoles are also written PlayStation in English on one shoe and in Japanese again on the other. The shoes even came in a shoe box that mimics the box that the PS5 comes in. Crazy. More recently, there were several Instagram posts from Travis Scott Associates who were showing off a version of the TS1 Low Olive with Utopia branding across the heel in anticipation of Scott's new album, which dropped, well, today. The biggest TS hype recently has been in the form of teasers on a brand new silhouette Scott may have coming out with Jordan brand in the coming months. A black and white sneaker with a strap across the forefoot, which is being dubbed Cut the Check, is rumored to be Scott's first sneaker fully designed from scratch, and people are speculating that Cactus Jack could become its own subsidiary of Jordan brand, which itself is a subsidiary of Nike Incorporated. That being said, everything to do with Travis Scott is and should be taken as rumor until proven true, as there have been plenty of speculated sneakers and colorways of sneakers bearing Scott's name that have never seen the light of day. But with a new album tearing up the charts, a world tour very likely on the horizon, and a rumored brand collaboration with Jordan in the works, the future of Travis Scott's reign not only in music, but in sneakers and culture as a whole, seems as bright perhaps even brighter than his past. I mean, for God's sake, the man is only 32 years old and has already conquered several corners of pop culture simultaneously. Whatever he's got in store for people's ears, eyes, and feet, you can bet that it will be big. So there it is, the complete sneaker history of Travis Scott. Thanks for hanging out and congratulations on becoming an expert on the topic. Next time, we're going to continue on in our City Stories series where we examine the sneaker history of certain sneaker-centric cities around the world. This time, we're going to be hanging out in London, England, where you'll find no shortage of 110s on the feet of the city's sneakerhead population. Come back and check that out. Until then, please take care.